G'day punters, welcome to the Sydney preview show for Randwick. And we're back for 2021. It's an absolute pleasure to welcome back to the fold, Mark Shan. Mark, how was the off-season for yourself? Uh, not too bad. We've um, had some drier tracks, so uh, things have settled down. Canterbury's playing a lot better uh, since the last time we spoke, uh, where we put the knife into it, but it's uh, <laughs> turned right around. So uh, things are looking rosy. Yeah, is there any reason for that? I have noticed that on the uh, the Friday nights that it's been playing a little bit kinder, but do you think that yeah, is they, any they did any some renovation work, I think, uh, Peter, and it certainly has worked because uh, the track has turned around. you think it was a different track to what was offered up there for about 10 months, and now it's racing pretty perfectly. It, it was the meeting after we stuck the boots in. It started coming good. <laughs> um, and I, I got a text um, from Brett Devine, who's the media manager at the ATC, who I used to know back in our Darwin days. And after about race five that night, he texted him and said, oh, are you watching this tonight, mate? And I'm like, yeah, God, you know. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's a jockey, horse, even an inanimate object like a racetrack. If you pot it, it comes good. <laughs> Just shows the power of, uh, of Mark Sheen's uh, dulcet tones, I'm sure. Uh, Mark Roden, thanks for joining us once again. Uh, it's been, a, I guess, a solid little week for yourself. You picked out a couple there at uh, wherever it was earlier in the week. I can't even remember. Uh, it was Tuesday, Wednesday. Almost uh, had a uh, went for a bit of glory and race when it gospered yesterday. Didn't like the favourites and the sixty-six to one pop almost knocked them off. Got, got quite close, <laughs> but um, in front for the weekend. Looking forward to tomorrow. Very good. And uh, Jack Dickens, you haven't stopped uh, since we last spoke. I think it's been betting every single day and night. So uh, we're recording on a Friday because we we're both paying attention to uh, the glory land that is Packenham last night. Yeah, what a joint. Um... We got done in the last, but we didn't get done on Gutsy, which if you got beat on Gutsy, who should have won by it, I think it paid $680 on the fair. The winner. Yep. <laughs> what a way to go to bed. Like, yeah. But there's a, there's a bit of rain already down here and uh, potentially more to come. So two pretty vulnerable tracks to like rain on the day with Valley and Caulfield. So probably tread pretty carefully. Indeed, uh, we'll have a look at Caulfield later in the show, but we'll start off with Randwick. We'll preview the Quaddy Leagues races six through nine. But just before we do that, we'll just touch on race five, the Millennium for the two-year-olds, because we were mentioning quite a few of the two-year-olds as they came to hand last spring and then into the summer. And we've got Profiteer here as a short favourite. I'm sure everyone's probably heard Mick Price's arousal during the week regarding this horse, and it's gone up $1.80. Uh, Mark Shan, I'll just throw to you, do you have any thoughts on race five as it presents at this early stage? Well, look, he's had a uh, trial up here and uh, he seemed to get round the inside grass there at Rose Hill pretty well, which is a tight track, a lot tighter than the course proper at Randwick. He ran a uh, very fast sectional time. The third horse uh, in the trial, Halal, won very impressively uh, on Wednesday on the Kensington track, so it does seem to stamp the form somewhat. And there's a few in this race. Uh, Sneaky Five uh, certainly hasn't trial very well up here in my opinion and Ashima is uh, second or third pick and just a run the other day sweated up badly hasn't grown much uh, with the break so I don't know that it's got a lot to beat really okay and uh, just looking with an eye towards the blue diamond and golden slipper do you have a clubhouse leader at this stage uh, any update based on the last couple of months Oh, Lentha picking herself at the moment I think for the blue diamond Sydney might be a little bit different if she comes through that run and uh, maybe we get wet tracks, I don't know, but um, I think Four Moves Ahead was one of the ones um, recently which uh, did win quite well, had trialled outstandingly going into that, so 
It's one I'm looking out for. Godolphin's been pretty quiet with theirs, so maybe a couple will come through in the next couple of weeks. Okay, let's jump into race six, shall we? Uh, it's the Eskimo Prince Stakes, uh, Group Three, over twelve hundred metres. Uh, North Pacific's gone up favourite. Best available is two dollars thirty from Peltzer at five fifty in the face at seven fifty. Uh, Mark Sheen, I'll start with yourself for race six. Um, look, I don't think he's trialled as well as he did last time in North Pacific, but having said that, um, he's still probably got the best form in the race and is suited at the conditions. Uh, Pelter's drawn in a pretty awkward spot here. Looks to be a lot of speed underneath him. So he may be a little bit vulnerable from that draw with uh, Vranelli and also the face going forward. I think it a lot depend uh, on how these horses parade on the day. Um, North Pacific has had two trials and was pushed out hard in the second one, whereas a couple of runners later in the day, Ollie Kirk and them have only had one trial and Mount Popper, the other one, who uh, they weren't asked to do a great deal. So I'm thinking that this horse is probably a little bit more forward. Uh, but having said that, just wondering why he trialled so well last time in and has probably looked a little bit more dour this time in. With, with a horse with a profile like North Pacific market and you see it pushed out in a trial, is that a slight knock or a positive? Well, it might be the fact that he wants a little bit further this time in. Like he did sprint well fresh and win over 1,100 last time in. He is going to 1,200 here first up and probably is heading towards a Doncaster or a Ramwick Guineas, you would think. So maybe he's looking for a little bit further, but the fact that there's going to be so much pace in this race might ac actually play into his hands. Okay. Mark Roden, do you have North Pacific as a back or a lay at this stage or just neutral on the horse? At this stage, neutral. He's hard to get away from. He's so well placed in this. Um, with, the, with the speed from, I don't know, the likes of Belieber and Vernelli and even the face um, all pushing on, I imagine it probably sets up okay for him. Um, yeah, as I say, he's hard to get away from. I, I was um, intrigued. I mean, he, he was entered for the English race as well, and they've decided to split him in Ollie Kirk, whether I think they can win both. I mean, obviously, well, they've got the short favourite in both. Obviously, they do. Um, I think that's probably the reasoning behind that, rather than having them clash in the in the big race. Um, yeah, it's just going to be a pricing issue and uh, very much a yard issue, um, as Mark touched on. We'll, I'll get the mail from Rob uh, in the last 10 minutes. Uh, I'm not going to be charging into it. I mean, 2.30 is the very best you can get. He's actually shorter in most yep. places, I think, currently. Certainly not going to be sailing into that early. But having said that, hard to get away from. Peltzer maps poorly. Next in my market's Prague. I mean, uh, uh, then you've got to really invent an improver like, I don't know, Never Talk or something like that, you know, who really do have to find a fair bit. I, I reckon On the Lead might improve here with Blinkers yeah. on. Um, yes, Blinkers on, on the Lead, good point, yeah. He, he ran a couple of good races last time. He went to Melbourne, came back, ran second to Wild Ruler in the yeah. Brian Crowley, then failed at his next run on a wet track, but he probably had enough by then. Yeah. Uh, I thought his trial was okay and the Blinkers going on uh, might switch him on. Yeah, that, that wild rule one. Trial in the blinkers? He did not trial in the blinkers, no. Okay, so it sounds like overall race that uh, we'll probably spend a bit of time reviewing on Monday. Uh, we'll go to race seven, sprint race over 1,200, open class, and uh, that horse that we were just mentioning, Ole Kirk, has gone up $2.40 across the boards. Dame Giselle's 380, the bopper, <laughs> 650 upwards for the rest. Uh, Mark Roden, I'll just start with yourself in terms of the speed map. Uh, how does it look to yourself? Speed map? Yeah, there's a bit of, bit of pace here. Um, Milkovic really 
um, only knows one way. Uh, the bopper's speedy as well. Um, Asamu jumped in front last week and was, uh, or last start and was restrained. Um, expecting to be trailing the speed again. Sneak. Along the lights of rule of law. Um, perhaps Bella Nipatina. Uh, a lot of those, Ollie Kirk's probably one of the ones that get back best placed, I think. He's drawn seven, you know, virtually middle gate. Some of these others like Prime Star and Dame Giselle, I assume they're going to go be conservative with Prime Star from that gate. You know, they might end up three wide either facing the breeze or in the three wide line which might not be the end of the world but it, they will just have a bit of work to do or a few decisions to make early thought Ollie Kirk napped okay from seven okay Mark Shane what are you doing this price here on Ollie Kirk uh, I think he'll win I think the pace uh, sets up for him because Malkovich is going to run them along he'll run about 34 and a half for his first three and uh, I think that that was the only danger with Ollie Kirk that you know that it was a sit and sprint and he got back but I think the fact that they're going to go so fast We'll play into his hands here. Um, he sprinted well fresh in the past. He won the talented at his first start, ran second to Anders when he had 59 kilos on a leader's track last time in. So I think first up, he's fine. Uh, the, the thing that worries me with Dame Giselle, she was racing the same horse as every race mm. last time in. Hungry Hard, Vangelic and Thermosphere. She only fell in against Thermosphere after getting a soft lead last time. That worries me slightly. I know she has had the stronger trial but uh, I'd prefer to be on Ollie Kirk. Okay. Mark Roden, the price for yourself for Ollie Kirk? Yeah, it's backable. I, I think I agree. I think I think he's backable, and I think Dame's Giselle's too short. Um, yeah, they were pretty high Phillies races she was running in um, early last spring, um, just running against Hungry Carter, who's been prepared for a mile every time, and, you know, that, that Phillies division wasn't strong, in my opinion. I mean, she's, she's a nice filly, but that wasn't much she was racing against. Um, I... Yeah, I'm Ollie Kirk by a good space from Dame Giselle. And then, I mean, these are, you know, oh, Prime Star's the other one who's got a bit of ability. But, yeah, most of these are either unsuited at 1100 or, would, you know, just out of midweek company, in my opinion. It does get a big jock upgrade too, Ollie Kirk. Um, is 240, do you take that price now or do you want to see it parade first, Mark? Oh, I, th I think if you can see parade first, is obviously a... A massive advantage if that price is still there at the same time but uh yeah look even if he's three quarters fit i think it's still a, a decent bet yeah, is it one of those days in sydney so like traditionally in my experience like this weekend in melbourne is it is a tread carefully watch and you're going to learn a stack heading towards the next month and you can yeah. sort of do your nuts if you if you force it here <laughs> and you're trying this horse will be right first half this horse will be here first half blah, 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 if you take a more relaxed attitude to the races this weekend in Melbourne and really, really review, you can get a good platform for the next month. Is it a similar setup at in Sydney this weekend? Yeah, I think so. A lot of times you can just watch a race and learn from it for down the track. Um, you, know, you can uh, fall into a bit of trouble with these meetings, but uh, um, I think uh, if you watch, watch this horse parade um, and get some sort of a guide how fit he is, I think... Um, yeah, you, you might have an edge on the day, but um, it can be a tricky day, no doubt. Just you're playing the short end of the market and with both these horse, horses, yeah. uh, even if you have a stronger preference for one than the other, they're both around the 240 and shorter mark. So, the, you know, you, you're having to have a sizable bet to get anything out of it. Um, can't let you go, Dicko, without mentioning your, what was that, jockey upgrade, W Pike Off? That's what you're uh, alluding to with Dolly Kerr? Would you not agree that's a huge switch? <laughs> I don't think Jay McDonald's ever bad. 
Oh, you had issues with W uh, Pike down in Melbourne when he during sojourn down there. Hey, all I care is one of our biggest results. Yeah, we 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 won. And he rode it like J Pike that day. I might add too. <laughs> it was a great ride in the Guinness. Yeah. Well, it was a great ride. He's capable of great rides. All I care suits him. If he was on Dame Giselle, well, problems. <laughs> okay. He's still still living up here. Uh, is W Pike in Jay Dickens' head? Right. Uh, Rent-free. We'll go to race eight, uh, 1,600 metres, all-time legends, short again, best available only at one joint, $1.80, Mount Popper, 390 order again, seven, and then shared ambition, $8. Mark Sheehan, looking at the price of all-time legend versus Mount Popper, are you siding one way or the other? Well, look, all-time legend will get a, a walk in the park in front here. There is absolutely no speed in this race at all. He's got barrier number nine so he'll just cruise across from the outside and do his own thing that's the advantage he's got um i think man popper will be the better horse in time but um this might be a race like savitiano last week where this thing just lobs in front and gets left alone and and waltzes away i couldn't possibly take the price but uh, i think that's the scenario that'll play out okay mark roden for yourself you're still having nightmares over the last start of all-time legend or have you recovered by now Oh no, I recovered. You know, you had to put it behind me. It was, it was awful. It was, yeah, everything about it was awful. Um, but one of the things um, that happens when you have a situation like that, that everyone in the world is all over, is that the horse then goes up a ridiculous price next time out. I think this is a very short price. Uh, I totally, I, I really want to be on Mount Popper. It's, but I can see them going a bit. Um, position over pace. They probably, I mean, if it's going to be a complete walk, they probably don't have to be that far off all-time legend, but you see it a lot. We saw it last week in the slowly run races, uh, Savitiano being one, where they had a sort of set idea of where they were going to be in the run and how many lengths off the lead they were going to be. And that's where they were, despite the fact they were probably going 10 lengths slower than um, they thought they might have been. So, so you know, sometimes jockeys and connections can get a bit So if that's the case, that could bring Mount Popper undone. Um, He's certainly got a turn of foot, um, which he has shown in strong paces so far. But if he can do that sort of off a standing start, he might go straight past all-time legend. I think all-time legend's actually better um, stalking as well. Um, I thought his first up win coming off the uh, fast pace over the shorter trip was far more impressive than when he went uh, second up. And then, of course, he got into all sorts of trouble uh, last start. But, um, yeah, I... I'm not convinced there's a hell of a lot there with all-time legend. I, I think had he led all the way last time... Up in trip? Sorry? Would you prefer to see all-time legend going up in trip slightly? Um, no, I wouldn't actually, no. No. I, I'd rather see him not leading, though. Um, not leading in a good pace. Um, yeah, as I said, I think that was, his, that was the most impressed I've been by him, was over the shorter trip in the faster pace. And, you know, he was going to... Look, if he... He was ridden properly last time. He probably wins by a length, a length and a half. He wasn't going to win by six or anything, I don't think. So, yeah, I, I really want to get him beaten, but it does set up beautifully for him. Okay, very good. Let's uh, have a look at the last race here. Blazer Trails, nominal favourite at $3.50 to Skylab at $5. And you've got Zing and Dabari at around that $9.50 mark. Mark Sheehan, uh, any edge there in the last race at this stage? Um, I'm on Skylab uh, at the early price here. I've got a big opinion of this horse. Um, the thing about it, uh, when he won first up, his first four runs, he couldn't keep up. But uh, last time, 
after the first run from a spell, he pinged out and settled about fifth or sixth in the run, which is a huge improvement on what he'd been doing early in a race last time in, when he'd been getting back and flashing home and and hitting the line quite strongly. So I think with that break, he's obviously learned a little bit and uh, I'm hoping he can position up a little bit closer in the run. I think uh, the Perry Stable will probably be trying to head him towards a derby, this horse. And uh, I think he's got a lot of upside. The drawing track probably not as advantageous uh, against uh, Blazer Trail, but um, I think that uh, Skylab uh, will give you a good run for your money in the last. Did you uh, get a bit of exercise and find the local? Because it went up at $11 at the tab. I was a little bit, uh, I didn't quite get the $11, but uh, I was close. <laughs> you went to a run. That's <laughs> so pretty handy. Uh, Skylab drawn gate three, Blazer Trail drawn gate one. Mark Roden, do you have an assessment on, on those two horses? Uh, I, yeah, I, I like Blazer Trail. I think um, he closed off really well first up. If, if uh, There's a northeasterly forecast, I think, on Saturday, which can make the inside a bit um, difficult to negotiate. But if that's if it's not a complete no-go zone, I went to him. He ran great um, closing sectionals first up with McDonald on with a soft run. I think he'll be very hard to beat. Uh, Skylab has clearly come back a better horse. This is a big jump up in grade. I, I, he sat wide that day on a day it was advantageous to. But just looking at my figures, I've got him rating far higher in that first up win than anything he showed in his first prep. So he's obviously heading in the right direction. Um, so he's a danger. And aside from those two, what did I think? Uh, yeah, then, yeah, Dabari Zing, they, they just sort of are what they are. Um, and Game of Thorns, who will get well back again. But I thought Blaze of Trail, for me, I think at better than $3, I'll be back in. Okay, very good. Uh, Mark Sheehan, I'll get you to throw out a best on the card, whether it's a value bet, best bet, or a lay for the day. Um, yeah, well, I'm already on Skylab in the last. I think a horse in the first testimonial. I just wish it was 1,100 metres, but uh, I think she is a very good filly. Um, she is a bit slow out of the gates. That's the only thing. But uh, watch out for her in the next couple of weeks as well, heading towards the black type races. But uh, I think she's got a lot of upside. Race one, number 12. Uh, Lays, well, it's, it's a sort of a day where the shorties do look uh, hard to beat. April Rain will win. It'll win race four. It's a good horse. Uh, I'm going to lay a Shima, whatever price it is, in race five. Okay. Very good. I like it. Uh, Mark Roden, for yourself. Uh, I'll just make ways of trail my best. Interesting, interesting to hear Mark say that about testimonial. It was certainly one that caught my eye in race one. Um, uh, away? I don't know. Should written beauty be a dollar thirty? That seems very, very short to me. But it, it, not, nothing to beat, admittedly. Well, possibly a jockey switch again, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it, it. I don't know. You got space boy back to a thousand meters. It, it's it's it looks a bit short to me. Okay. Very good. Uh, thank you to you both. Uh, we'll now switch to some of the other states around the country, but uh, we'll join both of you on Monday to review the meeting from Randwick. So go well over the weekend to you both. Part two here on the Mailbags preview show for the weekend. It's a pleasure to welcome Shane Shelley to the program. Curls, uh, there's a lot going on up your way in Queensland. Uh, how are you coping? The fallout continues. Um, fortunately, you need to be listening to like proper media providers 
like the biggest in the country, not anything to do with racing, other than G Hall, our man who stepped up and spoke about it. But a uh, pretty ugly incident, Curls. Uh, you're talking about the alleged... Allegedly. Incident. Allegedly uh, disqualified racing person. This is would... the uh, footage that was... Was it first published by Radio 2GB or something? Like a non-racing... Yep. Yeah, uh, I believe so. A Hadley, which I think who also was the first to talk about the Wallace Stable party. Um. I believe so. And the incidents there, yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, uh, when it, yeah, look, racing looks after its own. There's no better industry in the world than the racing industry for looking after its own. Um, so self-interest governs us all. It but does. It's, it's strongest. It, it's not. Is there an industry where it's stronger than racing? I don't know. Um, maybe the adult entertainment industry. Maybe I don't know. I don't have any experience in that one. No, I haven't had to sell my watch yet <laughs> to, to eat, thankfully. Um, no, look, the, the, I think the, prime, the, the great example there is um, some drunk runs out in front of the horses uh, on a track in New Zealand, and if the death penalty was still in play in New Zealand, would be calling for it as an industry. Every, every participant in racing felt obliged to go and, and hammer this bloke, right, and rightly so, probably. I'm not sure who got the most likes for tweeting about it, but congratulations to the person that did, because I'm sure that was your motivation. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, look, the, the footage was pretty uh, damning, wasn't it? Like, he's, um, the, the alleged incident um, did look pretty damning. He's throwing a few left-right good nights at a couple of girls, and then, um, you know, it's pretty ordinary uh, behaviour. So be interesting to see what happens um from a legal standpoint i suppose it's easy for the racing industry to say that we have no further comment because it's um it's a legal matter so we'll forget about it something else will happen next week um same with the chris waller stable incident um you know chris is as good as anyone at managing the message in the in the industry and he has some fairly loud voices um that weekly write about him and and tell us how good he is and and that sort of thing. So it would quickly be forgotten. Those couple of people that were involved were, have resigned, I think, from um, from all reports up here. But obviously, being in Queensland, the chat groups were abuzz with with the detail. It's probably not worth sharing, other than um, it's what we would normally refer to as a normal Saturday night in Queensland in racing. <laughs> yeah, I think it's pretty hard to keep it like, when your organisation's that big. What chance are you of controlling everyone in it? But um, oh, for sure, for yeah. sure. Oh, look, that's all off-the-track stuff. And I'm glad something's happening off the track because on the track, it's complete dog shit. <laughs> um, we've got low-grade horses running around in low-grade races. And, um, yeah, it's uh, it just it's, makes it sometimes it's uh, – it, it, a lot of the time, probably is fair to say, it, it does narrow the chances down in races and um, makes it a little bit easier to bet, but just a little bit shorter prices. We've seen the Eagle Farm carry on. Once again, RaceNet provided a disgruntled trainer with a platform to bag racing in their own state. Uh, the latest one was David Van Dyke boycotting Eagle Farm. Doing a King uh, Kyrgios. Down on the tools. Yeah, he's put the tools down. You know, and everyone wants to pat him on the back and, and say what a great bloke. 
Um, I think Eagle Farm now really represents a betting opportunity and punters need to stop listening to the noise on social media and start um, focusing in on the horses that handle. And uh, it, it, it's uh, some horses handle it, some don't. So it lets us back the ones that do, eh? So is yeah. that where we're going, Kells? Because you've got Eagle Farm, Dolby, you've got Gold Coast, Toowoomba, all there on Saturday. So people getting your stuff are going to be probably outlaying more units and probably the rest of us combined, I'd say. Yeah, it's a busy day. Pity that Dolby's a non-tab. Oh. Yeah. You'll have a spy on course, surely. Well, I was kind of going to go out. I wanted to back Morrissey in the 1,000-metre cannonball. <laughs> I wanted... It was once a time-honoured race, the 1,000-metre cannonball at Dolby. Now it's worth 4,000 to the winner. Um, so it's lost its uh, mojo. But, yeah, look, if we, I just want to use an example at, at, um, at Eagle Farm Race 6 and sort of talk a little bit about the issues you face when you're pricing horses, um, particularly at tracks like Eagle Farm. So Race 6 is a great example here. Um, if we have... Uh, like I'm not going to sort of tip anything or suggest a, a bet in this race just yet. Um, just one that sort of jumped on, jumped off the page to me was having a look at Eagle Farm, and I was looking at a horse number two, Valario. So one of the one of the cool features that I use on punningform.com is um, dot au, .au is um, using the filters, so I can just filter by track, and I can go through and and just have a look at how some horses have performed at Eagle Farm. And Valario has got some some tasty Eagle Farm form. Um, Sue starts back at knocked off socialising. Uh, socialising has come out and won since. And then Valario went to a wet track at the sunny coast and didn't fire. Um, prep before, um, you know, Valario knocked over Solar Star, got within like five of Vega 1, um, you know, you know, in a real hot race, it's beaten Take Two, who's won multiple races since. So if you look at Valario's form just on the track, it's like, geez, it's got super form. Um, obviously, you go from sort of Brad Stewart to Tiff Brooker, which you sort of add a couple of lengths, I suppose, but it's still nowhere near a $17 chance. Um, the map's not the worst. Make me, You Make Me Smile was a horse that we're on last start, you know, led and like, Obviously, the only thing you don't want to do when you lead in Queensland at these metro tracks, it seems nowadays, is stay anywhere near the fence. Uh, it led and stayed on the fence, maybe a pocket, maybe a little pocket um, statement there, but it's 460 to 330 run at the grouse price and we get knocked off. Now, socialising was the horse that beat it that day. So the form lines do tie in with the Valario. I thought you make me smile sort of probably leads again. Hopefully sticks to the fence again because um, got horses like Calic and Dr. Zeus and Let's Party Marty. Now, Dr. Zeus and Calic, um, just looking at the market here, both horses shorter than Valario and Valario like completely dished them and ate them last time they met. Talking yourself into a bet here before I even dig a little bit deeper. Valario's going to map. Valario's probably going to map one out, one back. Maybe back the outside of it. Enough said. I'm in. And it's $17. So just the way the Eagle Farm track's been racing and the horses that have raced well there seem to consistently race well there. So um, why change? And that's going to be the approach. Um, that's going to be the approach through the whole meeting and, until this Eagle Farm track 
get sorted out. I think they'll race on it through the winter carnival because they can't change now. And it's probably likely we're up for another renovation. So while it's racing the way it is, stick to the plan, stick to that plan, I think. Oh, well, bloody good. Um, meanwhile, at Caulfield, you've got the Group 1 CFR, J. Dickens. Uh, what do you think of the Group 1 feature? I think it's a really tricky meeting to uh, preview and assess with any confidence yet. There's a lot of rain around in Melbourne at the moment. Um, how much hits Caulfield or Mooney Valley, you know, changes everything. Uh, if it's rained through the day tomorrow, like we see what that does to tracks, it's not good. It's never good. Um, I think Sir Dragon A will start favourite even though it's 400 metres, just off that trial, and it's going to be wettish, probably, almost certainly. Uh, I would have liked to have found and been with Cross Haven, but it's just way too short, I think. But it's got a beautiful little setup here. Um, if it was bone dry or like the rain misses, I, I think Streets of Avalon's a huge price at 750. Huge price. But it's going to rain. It has rained a bit already, and, and I don't want to be with it on anything worse than a good four. Um, so certainly not betting, leaning to Sir Dragon A, um, respect big time Crosshaven, and that's probably where it ends, really. Okay. Well, it's a stack of horses here that are first up or, you know, off 90-plus days. But, I think it's that sort of race where, because it's a group race, you can sort of dig and dig and dig and watch a stack of trials and form an opinion. But if it rains through the day, it'll become real laney, and you know a lot of that's out. A lot of that hard work's out the window. So we've seen the trials, Sir Dragon A. Everyone has on racing. Anyone who watches racing in Victoria has seen it. Anyone who's on Twitter has seen it probably seventeen times. It went pretty good, so it looks like it's flying. Okay, great. Because I haven't seen it, so I'll just look at. See how it parades in the yard uh, when we're on course tomorrow. Okay, so uh, have you found a bet? Is there any race that you're keen on or more keen than the CF4? Yeah, I think race one with the rain around and 400 metres. Skelm wants further, it's fresh. Good idea, needs further, it's fresh. Uh, a risk on a re first up. Uh, Paperboy is deep into a prep, happy to sort of get rid of it. Then you're left with like Marcel from Madrid, mystery shot, Imperial Lad, and then regards Marie, who was enormous last week off a slow tempo. Mystery shots up two kilos, like big weight if it's heavy. Thing we can risk. Imperial Lad, I wanted to find, but couldn't get it anywhere near the price. Um, and it's just it's really hard to price this race and and not have regards Marie like a dollar eighty or shorter. Uh, this would be race one. I expect the track races fairly, especially early, which is this horse needs. They'll ride it the same way they rode it last week, so you'll be off the speed, you'll be building into the race. There was no tempo there last week, which would be a, a scare for me here, but there's, like because there's going to be no tempo here with all these first up stayers. But that doesn't that that's not going to be a problem for this horse. Um, Mystery shot might roll and, and give us a real scare. But I, I think Regards Marie is a bet there in race one. You can get $2.40, or you could when I put the prices in. 
Yeah, it's best available two twenty five at the moment. So two twenty five, top sport. That that's that's good odds. I think it'll start two dollars or shorter. Okay. All right. Very good. Um, we'll be on course. Looking forward to it. Should be a good day, even if it is wet. Uh, just happy to see some of these horses first up and see how they parade. I'm sure we'll find a couple of little edges there during the day. Curls, you've got a million places to bet at over the next couple of days, which is just yeah. standard Queensland. Standard, mate. Friday night, sunny coast. Full meeting Saturday, Sunday, sunny coast is standard. Yep. I, I think what we spoke about with Mark and the two mocks, it's a real important weekend in the Sydney and Victorian racing to get the Mounting Yard Mail if you want to build a bit of your own database headed towards the next little patch. You know, you need to have your punting form subscription, $10 a week, and start to put in some notes of where certain horses are in their preparations. You can start to build a really nice profile and, and make some of your own decisions over the next sort of month. Yep. And my notes have been going to waste over the last week, so hopefully uh, the meeting at Pinjara goes ahead. No reason why it shouldn't, unless something drastic happens this afternoon. But 10 races, 10 of the best, and then we've got Ascot on Sunday. I think Albany's on Monday now, the rescheduled meeting, so a lot happening in WA anyway. We've, jump on we've board. got Ballarat on Sunday, which will probably be a complete just, just must-miss with the rain around. That truck was awful, Ballarat Cup Day. I don't want to go back there with this rain. Um, are they blaming the Australian Open for everything in Perth too, or is that just in the eastern states? I think it's just here. Uh, Perth's got a lot going on yeah, besides the COVID scare of the week with the bushfires still there, but uh, there's a bit of rain forecast. Hopefully that helps out over the next couple of days uh, because there's some pretty strong winds otherwise. So, yeah, I don't think they've necessarily blamed the Australian Open. It's a pretty easy target though, isn't it? You know, oh, rich tennis we're players talking about like self-interest and like, is it is it not peak racing that like racing people are now blowing up about the Australian Open going ahead? When for eight, eight, 12 months, we've been praising government and process and procedure to handle racing going ahead throughout the pandemic. Like, I just, uh, it's so racing. It's just so racing. Let's, I'll, I'll save this for Monday. <laughs> I was going to say, don't pay attention to it. You'll go cross-eyed after a while. Oh, Works, I, actually, I actually enjoy it. It makes me I'll have a little giggle. Yeah. Sometimes oh. it can make you feel human. <laughs> <laughs> you know those times where you just think, like, like why didn't COVID wipe us all out? <laughs> Peter does it all the time. I was going to say <laughs> That helps me. Get Peter on um, on Wednesday at Sandown was just like so confused and getting angry. It was whilst there was there was at least like one to two security guards to patrons there at Sandown, and he's going like, "These are the only little pricks who'll spread this virus in this country." <laughs> Why yeah. are they here? Let's put more there. <laughs> oh, we've got so much to look forward to this week, and there's about a million bets to have, so. We should worry about it. Yeah, exactly right. If you're keen to jump on board, have a crack, uh, sign up through the website. We've also got a survey on at the moment, so if you complete that in full, you'll get a discount to the website and you can join in Curly Set like many people have done so far for the bargain bin price of $9 for this week if you complete the survey. Yeah, it's not bad. All right, guys, uh, go well. Uh, we'll catch up on Monday and review whatever happens over the next 48 hours. Until then, go well.